Hey everybody, welcome to the Basement Sports Podcast. This is Greg with you, and I am really, really honored to have a special guest here today. Uh, in studio with me is Aaron Panagal from the Virtus Institute in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Aaron is a former collegiate sprinter and hurdler. He's a USATF Level 2 Sprints, Hurdles, and Relay Specialist coach and a competitive power lifter if he didn't already have a bunch of things on his plate. Um, he's worked with numerous WPIAL champions, Pennsylvania state medalists, NCAA athletes, and numerous successful athletes from all kinds of diverse sports backgrounds. Aaron implements his training philosophy by using the latest techniques guided by the most up-to-date sports science. The goal of training, according to Aaron, is to improve the five core athletic building blocks, flexibility, coordination, endurance, strength, and speed. Aaron, thanks so much for coming in. Greg, thanks for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. Oh, great. I've been wanting to get you on the show here for a while. And now that we got things going, we have that opportunity. So um, tell me a little bit or tell our audience a little bit about what you all do at the Virtus Institute. What, 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 what was the goal when you opened it? What has it developed into so far? And what are the plans moving forward, what you want to make it into? Uh, it started at first just to be a, a place to work out. Um, we were at a small local gym, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot available to us. So right. we, uh, we said uh, we could open our own spot and started with a tiny little 2,000-square-foot room. And it's grown into 10,000 square feet and 24-hour access for, for our members and um, pretty much everything that you would want to train with from strongman stuff to powerlifting stuff, CrossFit and everything in between. So you're, you're actually, you know, taking care of all kinds of different styles, whatever somebody's looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So our goal is um, to provide access for everybody. If you're interested in training um, and there's a difference between training and working out. If you're interested in training and you're, and you're serious and you need a place to, to call home, uh, that's the people we're looking for. Uh, that's We want to provide you with everything you need to, to do whatever it is you do. If you're a bodybuilder or a, uh, hell, my grandma works out there. She's, uh, what, 86 years old? And, uh, you know, she can coexist in the same space as a, as a competitive power lifter. Right, right. So what? Wh where would you like to see it go? Like, what, how, how would you, it's growing? Uh, you know, I've been down there for a long time now, and my son trains there. Um, where do you see, where do you see things going with Virtus? Uh, for us, it's just continuing to kind of like double down on ourselves. So we're looking to just grow our community in house, uh, provide better right. equipment, uh, better everything for everybody there. Um, we, uh, we have a supplement shop in house. We have massage therapists, we have chiropractic, you know, the goal is just to continue to provide better services for, for everyone that calls our place home. Great. That's awesome. I, I want to focus a little bit here on youth training mm -hmm. um and, and you train an awful lot of youth in that gym not only you but the other trainers down there um how has it changed over the years you know based on the increased knowledge that we have and the studies that we have in exercise physiology and trying to balance that with these kids are still developing mm -hmm. like they're still growing so Tell me like how that's changed and what your what your training concept is across different sports for youth at different ages. Sure. So the knowledge and the practical implication of training kids has changed a ton in the last hell, even the last five to ten years. 
What hasn't changed, though, is the stigma of training children. Um, so you have parents, a uh, number of them, that just, they're just not up to date on the sports science. Uh, they're not up to date on what's best for the kids. And there's a whole sect of them that uh, still think that, oh, uh, a kid shouldn't lift weights. It's going to stunt their growth. Um, and then <clears throat> on the other side are, are a lot of parents who don't mind the idea of training. They're actually supportive of it, and they want their kid to be the best athlete they can. And they say, hey, train my kid like J.J. Watt. And <clears throat> that's not possible either because they're a kid. They're, you know, anywhere from, you know, elementary, middle school, high school age, they're not J.J. Watt. So while the science behind it uh, that the coaches and everyone has learned and, and, and knows more about now – um, that's grown, but the parents and the, um, <clears throat> I don't know, the, the parents' knowledge base hasn't grown at the same rate. And that, that's the biggest problem is trying to explain to people what a kid should and shouldn't be doing based on their age range. Okay. So let, let's, let's just focus on football a little bit sure. right now, because, um, one of the things that, you know, I've always talked about and, you know, Back in the day when I, you know, did my master's in exercise phys, and you're right, every so much has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at football, you you just mentioned a name like J.J. Watt, and it's like there's a lot of parents out there that think that their kid's going to be the next J.J. Watt, you know, and I, they're convinced of it. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed, especially in college recruiting over the years, is these coaches are looking for athletes. You, you know, they they're – there's a game that they play, mm-hmm. especially in football. And this goes for high school coaches too. You know, the ones that are really worth their salt, they, they want athletes. They, you know, they can teach them the game. Absolutely. You got the actual time. They can teach them the game. But, you know, what do you, what do you think about that as far as if you get a kid, you know, comes in football player, you know, fifth, sixth grade, um, what the, you know, the, the benefits are to making them an athlete first and then a football player second. Um, <clears throat> that philosophy is uh, true of football and every other sport. And that's kind of the base of all of my philosophy is you need to be a better athlete before you can be anything else. There's, you know, I could teach you all the football technique in the world. Um, but if you're not a very good athlete or you're not taking the best advantage of your athletic abilities, you're not going to be very good. And, um, that is the most important part. Become a better athlete. You know, if you think of athleticism and athletic potential like a pyramid, you know, the bigger the base is, the higher that pyramid can be. So if the athletic base is large, the athletic achievement can also be large. So what you don't want to do is train and under train a specific athletic um, building block. Um, And then you leave those stones unturned and you're, you're kind of artificially capping the athlete. And so for football... Um, when a kid shows up uh, to train with me or your middle school, high school, college, it doesn't matter. We're going to figure out what you need to fix. Mm-hmm. And, and for most athletes, it's everything. You know, you need to become better at everything. So you need to attack that base. So for football, though, you get a kid who comes in, you know, kids who come in high school. And, and you probably you work with groups of kids who are football players. But, you know, you can tell by their size. Some of these kids are offensive linemen, mm-hmm. defensive linemen. Then you got a group of other kids that are wide receivers. That's that's a different style of training you're doing with those kids. Um, not necessarily. Okay. You know, the athletic requirements of the positions are not that different. You know, uh, the technique is very different. How you implement your athleticism on on the position is different. 
but you you need to have great speed you need to have great strength and power you need to have flexibility and mobility you need to have enough uh endurance capacity to withstand the game and withstand training so all of those training characteristics are the same they just um how they use them in the field is very different so i can have an athlete group with three offensive linemen and a wide receiver and a quarterback and, and a girl who does dance and a, a cross-country athlete mm-hmm. and we can all be working in the same group uh and training very similar training qualities okay i was just talking we were having a podcast yesterday and we were talking about um we were, we were talking about one of the preseason games the other night so the arizona cardinals and the oakland raiders mm-hmm. and kyler murray was the you know first pick of the arizona cardinals and he's running toward the edge and here are the first round pick of the oakland raiders defensive end from clemson is basically chasing him down yeah and there's a weight an extraordinary weight difference and size difference but you're right like these defensive linemen these offensive linemen they need speed too they need to be quick and that's one of the things that's really changed in training especially with the grunts up front the the need for speed on all fronts of football is paramount um, if you put a team together that have giant road plows that can't move real well and the other team is fast, they're going to have a real problem. Um, <clears throat> I think back to my playing days, we uh, early on had a gigantic offensive line and we opened our season against Derry. And at the time they were much smaller than us, but they were much faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took forever for a play to get going. Mm-hmm. And while we had giant 300 pound guys up front, um, it wasn't very helpful when the 240-pound guy was moving around them before anything could even happen. Right, right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, we have parents listening to the podcast, and, you know, the kids have shown a lot of interest in sports. When should they be getting to a place like Virtus? Um, as soon as they come out of the womb. <laughs> Honestly, um, Training for children starts at birth. Okay. Um, and you just have to change your understanding of what training is. Um, everyone thinks training is you, you have weights and you're mm-hmm. lifting weights and you're doing squats. And that's not necessarily what training is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for us and for my view, um, from birth to age seven uh, is a great spot to train. And okay. your training is is play. It's movement. Right. Um, and for a lot of kids now, it's guided play because there isn't a lot of independent play for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's sad that they don't uh, go outside right. and play as much. You're they right. Don't, they don't play as much at home. Uh, no. They have the iPod. They have the Xbox and everything else. Right, right. And so you have, um, you have a need for them to learn how to move. Right. And guided play and as they get a little bit older from, you know, the seven year old to the middle school age, it starts to look more like what you see on Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, jumping and holding on to things and carrying stuff and throwing things and, you know, learning how to move your body in space. And right. that that's an important characteristic. And if you start hitting these windows early and, mm-hmm. and learning how to move and learning how to play um, by the time you're in middle school, you've already had a giant leg up on, everyone who's been playing video games the whole time. Right. I don't, right. Want, I don't want to knock video games. I played my fair <laughs> amount of video games growing up. Right. But um, you need you need a ton of work. You know, athleticism, while there is an innate ability to it, mm-hmm. um, you can do a lot to stunt it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the weight training side of things, 
Um, you know, your, your early, early middle school, it's okay to start figuring out how to move and how to lift. Right. Right. Um, and it's going to help you grow. You're going to, your bones are going to grow, um, more dense and you're, you're going to be become more injury resistant as a, as a youth, as opposed to being a a couch potato and easily broken. Okay. Well, you know, I noticed that, you know, when I was a kid and that was ages and eons ago, (laughs) you know, during the summer and summer's quickly coming to an end, but we were, we were out every single day. Mm-hmm. I mean, from dawn until dusk, we were outside, you know, whether it be a pickup game of baseball, basketball, we actually had, um, the local recreation parks and recreation had these playground sessions where they would send out, you know, um, high school, college age people who mm-hmm. would supervise organized play. And it was Monday through Friday. You know, we all met at the old New Stanton High School, which was closed, but it had an outdoor playground, had basketball court, had everything, even an area that was, like, superb for dodgeball. When you were allowed to play dodgeball, and that's slowly going away because don't anybody get hurt. But, uh, you know, it it was something that we all did, and unfortunately, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, and again, I don't want to wrap, I think there's a place for video games and, you know, learning and things like that in that way. But it can also, you know, everything in moderation. Absolutely. It can become too much. And these kids aren't getting out and they're not developing. Yeah, there's the great indictment on youth sports and just youth activity is um, I get a kid to show up to a training session. It's the first time I see them. They're middle school, high school age, Mm -hmm. and they can't jump rope. They can't skip. Uh, and those are like really basic things that, mm-hmm. you know, you usually pick up in elementary school right. because you're doing the jump rope for heart or you're jump roping in gym class and you, right. you, you learn these skills. They're learned skills. Uh, and when I have to take a high schooler and teach them how to jump rope, mm-hmm. um, we're starting from the Wayback Machine. With right. Sherman and Mr. Peabody. We're way, we're way <laughs> behind the curve. Yeah. And it's, I, I've always had a pet peeve. You know, when, when I got out of my master's program at Pitt, uh, we had a professor there who, who really, really got on a soapbox about physical education in high schools. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest issues that he had was, um, y- you know, you're, a lot of the phys ed teachers are coming in and are throwing a ball. It's like, OK, go ahead and play. Mm-hmm. The kids that aren't really great athletes are getting creamed. You know, they're just they're just cannon fodder for yeah. for the for the athletes. And there was there was nothing truly about physical education. No, there was no training involved where he stated that, like, if he was a high school phys ed teacher, there wouldn't be play except maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Everything else would be physical training, weightlifting, running, stretching yoga mm-hmm. you know doing things like that and, and it was a it was a point because wh- where else were they learning at there weren't places like virtus no you know there where they were actually training the kids and i think that as far as the schools are concerned my opinion that's somewhere where you know that's got to change as far as the schools i think that is something that needs to be addressed because from my experience and in high school and afterwards dealing with high school students um there is a it's been very uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for it's been very kind of like homogenized mm-hmm. you know you have your basketball 
uh, lesson. You right. have your football lesson. You have your soccer lesson. And there's a point to that. You do you need to sure. learn the games. That, sure. that, that's important. But the thing that, that the kids are going to carry on forever um, is their ability to, to work out and be healthy. Right. Um, you know, as you get older, you know, when you leave high school and you're in your 20s and your 30s, it's important to work out. Right. Uh, and then as you get even older in life, like I said, my grandmother, she's 80 years old. Working out at 80 is the most important thing right. to do. You right. You have to stay active. Right. And if you haven't learned those skills at any point, then how are you supposed to do that? Right. I, absolutely. Well, um, my, my podcast partner, he wanted me to ask you a question, and I thought this was a really interesting question, and that is, in the age of specialization, now you have all these traveling mm-hmm. teams. Um, is it really a good idea for youth to specialize in one sport so early, or is it best to play different sports during different seasons? Because I, we were discussing it yesterday on the podcast, saying, well, you know, we had, you know, we had, uh, I remember when I played, there were probably six or seven guys who played different sports all three seasons in high school. Mm-hmm. They played baseball, they played basketball, and they played football. Okay, or one or it was track, or it was wrestling that replaced one of them, whatever. But what are your thoughts on you know how early these kids are getting pigeonholed into a particular sport, and is there a benefit to like hey? Go out there and try to play everything and give it a shot. And then later on, you know, figure out what you feel or what your coaches or family feels that you're really good at and then focus on it. I think that specialization is actually the death of sport. Um, If you look at professional athletes, you know, uh, football, there's 32 teams. There's what 52 men on a team. Specialization isn't creating more professional football players. There's still the same number of spots. Um, same thing with baseball. Same thing with basketball. Uh, what it's doing is it's making a lot of money for the specialized teams. Um, <clears throat> there was a guy not long ago who was trying to put together a travel t-ball team. And the thought of that makes my mind turned inside out. Because I remember when I played t-ball, I was more worried about how much infilled sand I could put in my hair <laughs> and, and how many times you could pick some grass out of the field right uh, and you're gonna make a parent pay and travel their kid all over creation to play t-ball um so i think specialization is only there to help itself um when i was growing up there was one aau basketball team in the entire area um the guys who played aau basketball uh, were extremely good mm-hmm. and there was you know 11 to 13 spots in that team and it was Allegheny and Westmoreland County, and that was it. Now there's five AAU teams in one town. Um, are the number of kids who are, who are capable of playing at that level, are they really increasing? Or, or are there just more people to pay to do the sport? Right, right. So I, I think um, there's a point for specialization. When right. you When you reach a point where um, I, I don't – think there's a problem later in high school. Maybe mm-hmm. you pick one or two sports to do. Um, some people pick one, and that's fine. Right. And you can you can then put your eggs in that basket and try to be the best baseball player there is. Uh, but even then, you you have to you have to do other things. Right. Um, if you just practice baseball from spring to spring, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> are you really going to be better at your sport? 
you are, you may be more technically advanced, but, um, the kid who's also weight training during that time, taking some time off, letting his body heal, uh, he's probably going to pass you up mm-hmm. just because he's, he's more fresh. Um, he's more available right? and he's become more powerful and quicker. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really see the need for specialization, especially early. Right. I think right. it's doing more to hamper kids growth. And th- the biggest problem is, um, mental burnout and mental fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are a tennis player and you've been playing competitive tennis since you were five, the chances of you lasting long enough mentally to be a professional tennis player are super slim right because by the time you're 13 14 15 years old you're really tired of playing tennis you're you're really tired of your parents taking you to play tennis right um there was in my level two certification they went over all of the national record holders because usatf has a big youth base i don't think it's the greatest implementation of youth track but it's what they do and they track national records and none of the national records that are held, I think it was under the age of 11 or 12, none of those people turned into Olympians. And was it because they weren't talented enough? Um, maybe some of them, they, you know, mm-hmm. the early developers and those sort of things. Uh, most of them, it's because they've burned out. They've right. only done it for, you've already done it for 10 years. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, it's, um, we were just out in Utah and I got to visit the, um, uh, the Olympic training facility in park city, mm-hmm. uh, for the ski sports. Yep. And there already were kids probably junior high going down the, um, the, the ski jump practice mm-hmm. into the pool, doing the acrobatics in the air into the pool. And there's the coach just on them every single jump. You know, we're, we're watching it. We're lay people. We're looking, it looks perfect to us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here they are in the middle of summer, highly specialized already, just really, really special. I mean, these kids aren't all from Park City. They're probably from all over the United States. Mm -hmm. They're spending a significant amount of time already at that early age trying to do that one thing. And I think those sports are are really struggling. I have an athlete who competes. She's an Olympic bobsled athlete. Um, She had never even seen a bobsled before. Um, before she graduated college and they recruited her because they're the rank and file is so small. Um, it's not a big sport. You know, it's not like track and field. Um, most of the Olympic sports are like that where you're struggling to find people. And Mm -hmm. when you find someone who's interested in it, then you wear them out on it. And she's a track, she's a track athlete or she was a track athlete. She started as a track athlete. Um, the U S bobsled team Mm -hmm. and U S Olympic weightlifting are now really in an active recruiting mode. Um, they're trying to become relevant on an international scene, uh, very relevant. And the only way to do that is to increase your athlete base. And, um, I actually have received a couple emails, one from uh, USA weightlifting and I'm a track coach and saying, Hey, do you know anybody who might want to do this? And cause they're, they're trying to find people. Right. Right. Um, now, when it comes to like high school level training, so you got these kids and you're a high school coach, you're a strength and conditioning coach as well. You're, you're also a positions coach uh, for a local high school. But if, if you could talk, if you could sit down and get through to like the, the head coach, the athletic director, as far as where are these high school programs missing the boat as far as training their athletes? 
what do these high schools, what should they really be focusing on? And what do they need to make, to make the kids, at least when they are in that box, when they're in school, make them successful? Um, the boat they're missing, uh, they're, they're not even, they're not missing by a couple minutes. They're missing it by days. They're not even close. And it's not for a lack of facilities. It's not for a lack of anything else other than a lack of understanding and trying. Um, in this day and age, there is no excuse for a lack of knowledge and coaching. There's not. Um, you have the internet on your telephone. You have the internet everywhere. And there, the amount of free or extremely cheap resources that are available for coaches to, to go get a hold of, um, it numbers in the millions of pages. Uh, if you just go on to EliteFTS.com, they're located out of Columbus, Ohio. Their entire um, ethos is to train and to pass on knowledge. They have thousands of pages of documents you can sit and read. Um, and that's the biggest problem. They're, no one is interested enough in learning mm -hmm. and uh it's a sad it's a sad indictment on coaching um i i'm a high school coach have been for i coach track and field for almost nine years um if you aren't actively learning then you're doing your athletes an incredible disservice mm -hmm. and to do what you saw on youtube uh, you saw some professional athlete do or to do what your coach did with you just isn't doing enough and um you know i i don't like to rally against high school coaches um i i want to pick the profession up mm -hmm. you know it needs it needs help it needs to be nurtured and they just need to read a book <laughs> it's as simple as simple as it is to say just right. open a book and read um districts spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on weight rooms hundreds of thousands of dollars um the district i used to work for a while ago uh, spent something like 200 grand re renovating their weight room um, did they get the right stuff? No, probably not. Did mm -hmm. they get enough stuff? No, probably not. But they got some stuff and they spent a lot of money. And at the end of the day, there's no one there to help implement its usage. Right. So you spent 200 grand, you bought a Ferrari, but you don't know how to use it. Right. Right. I, and honestly, I don't know from when I was in high school, that hasn't changed. Now I know the equipment's changed and mm -hmm. the knowledge has changed, but man, you know, they're, they're, I, I don't think that the approach that we were just talking about has changed. It's it just, it, it just really, really hasn't. Um, I saw a video yesterday from a local high school of a kid doing a lift and that one shouldn't have been recorded because now it's out there for everyone to see. But it shouldn't have been allowed to happen. It was the worst, awful, horrific deadlift I've ever seen that doesn't have any place in the sport. It's not helping the kid. It's not making him any better. And um, your job as a coach first is to do no harm. Mm -hmm. That That's as a coach, as a strength coach, as any type of coach, your job is to do no harm first. Mm -hmm. And putting a kid in a compromised position to, you know, oh, make him tougher or make him uh, – try to let's make him let's make him stronger let's make him tougher like that's that's not how this works mm -hmm. you know and if if you think that's what this is then you're here for the wrong reason and uh you know i i think it's just it's it's a little bit of people being stubborn um and i understand that i understand that the head coach doesn't want to relinquish his position of authority and that's sometimes what it comes down to um 
He wants to know everything and do everything. And I get it. I get that point. But sometimes you have to either increase your knowledge or pass it off to someone else who may know more. And I point the finger at a lot of districts who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, some of these places, and they don't hire a strength coach, a qualified strength coach. Um, They pay somebody $19 an hour to monitor the weight room, and it's sometimes a home ec teacher or someone just picking up an extra supplemental. Um, $19 an hour isn't enough. And it's, and it's going to a person who isn't there to do anything other than to tell people to turn the music down. <laughs> that hasn't changed either. No. Because no. I, I remember, you know, okay, go hit the weight room, guys. Yeah. You know, all right, and do what? Well, everybody wanted to do bench. Mm-hmm. All right. But I was trying to get to a 300 bench. Yep. And there wasn't nearly the work, you know, in specializing explosion speed. Mm-hmm anything like that. And, um, you know, going back to what we were talking about as far as training athletes. Mm -hmm. So they're in high school and they're playing these sports, but that training of the athlete doesn't end. That's still a part of it. Yeah. You, you're an athlete. Um, and especially in most schools, you're, if you're an athlete, you're very useful. You know, you can play multiple sports and, uh, the one district I was at was smaller. It's not tiny, but it was smaller. And if you were a really good athlete, um, you should play football. You should play basketball. You should run track or play baseball. You know, you, you should do all the sports because they need you to. You know, um, you're, they're not a district of the size that has athletes just, you know, falling out of crevices every day. Or you say, oh, there's another one. Um, no, it's helpful to get an athlete. And if you're developing him or her properly, using them in other sports. And um, it should never be a competition among sports. Your, your football program should encourage everyone to run track. Your track and field program should encourage everyone to play football or uh, on the you know female side to play soccer, mm-hmm. to do something because you you need to grow your sports synergistically. You right. can't have this uh, us versus the world mentality. Uh, when it's your season, yeah, my athlete is my athlete. It's football. It's it's time for you to be a football player. Right. But outside of football season, if you're going to go become a better athlete and run track or wrestle, good. good. Mm-hmm. You should do that. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of football players who wrestled. Mm-hmm. And that really kept them in shape. You know, I mean, wrestling's brutal. You know, I think I went yeah. to one practice and I was like, oh, the hell with this. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want to be covered up by this sweaty guy, you know, yeah. entire entire practice every single day and trying to make weight and all that crap. But. Yeah, I, we, you know, going back to our, you know, what we were talking about before, there was a lot of benefit to playing multiple sports. Mm-hmm. Really, really was, and, and 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 still is today, no doubt. Um, one of the big hot topics um, across any athletic endeavor at any level these days is nutrition, mm-hmm. supplementation, um, and again, in working with the youth that you work with versus you know a professional athlete who's already maxed out their height you know they're they're not growing anymore but you know they have certain nutritional needs as well but what do you teach or instruct your athletes as far as you know because nutrition is just absolutely a keystone Mm -hmm. uh important for uh you know, for their development and for their ath- athleticism moving forward. These days, what are you teaching them? 
um, eat more. That's the that's the easiest answer. Well, geez, for a, for a teenage kid, that's that's got to be music to their ears. It, it should be, but it's not. You'll find that. Um, I mean, it's not just a teenage problem. It's there's adults of the same problem. You're just not eating enough, um, and everyone wants a supplement. Everyone wants some magic. I'm going to take this pill. I want to take this powder. And there's a place for supplements, mm-hmm. but they're just that. It's a supplement. It's there to supplement your diet. Mm-hmm. And if your diet doesn't exist, then you can throw as many supplements as you want at it. It's not going to fix it. Uh, for all the athletes I work with, it's eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do I eat? I, you're 15. It doesn't matter. Just eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you get older, you get in your 20s and 30s. Yeah, should you eat a whole pizza? Probably not. Um, is it the greatest idea? No. Uh, but at 15, you're really not going to pay any giant negative health uh, penalty to it. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I don't want you to sit down and eat candy all day. Right. There do, does need to be some level of moderation. But like I tell a lot of my athletes, <clears throat> just eat more. Mm-hmm. Eat more. Drink a gallon of milk a day. Yeah. Um, just increase your caloric intake. Uh, at that age, men and women, or boys and girls, mm-hmm. you're, you're never going to be in a more anabolic state. You, you will never be able to synthesize as much protein. You're never going to be able to recover as fast. And if you don't take advantage of that by feeding your machine, then you're going to shortchange yourself. You know, I have a lot of athletes that are like, hey, uh, I need to gain 20 pounds. How do I do that? Uh, you need to eat more. That's just the simple answer. Right. If you look at training your body, let, let's use weight gain as an example. If, you use, if you're looking to gain weight, um, if you use the analogy of like building a house. Right. Um, if you have a bunch of supplies and a bunch of workers to build your house quicker, adding more workers and not adding more supplies won't work. Right. You need to increase the available supplies. Right. And you, uh, you can't do that if you're not eating. Mm-hmm. That's just the simple answer. You were, you were talking about Virtus and, and you're, you do have a supplement shop mm-hmm. there, you know, so just kind of focusing a little bit more on the supplements. So, you know, there are, there are protein powders out there and they're striking this balance between what you're taking in versus what your expenditure is and mm-hmm. the work that you, the work that you're doing. But, um, you go into any supplement shop, your mind could, your head could explode looking at all the different stuff yeah. that's out there. And again, not wanting the, you know, someone young doing themselves any harm, but, you know, if someone, if one of them came up to you and they're like, Hey man, you know, I saw this thing on, uh, using creatine mm-hmm. or using this or using that. Um, you know, what, 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 like, do you just try to level set them and say, you know, to your point about eating, you want them to get most of their benefit out of the food that they eat. Yes. Not what they're taking out of a sh- off of a shelf. Yeah. You, I, no, it doesn't matter the age. Um, there's such thing as low hanging fruit and those are the stuff that's easiest to get to. Um, so when you're looking at the low hanging fruit of athletic performance, mm-hmm. have you maximized your ability to get that? That's the first question. So when, when an athlete comes up to me, you're 15, 16 years old. Hey, what do you think about creatine? Hey, what do you think about, you know, insert this other supplement here? Mm-hmm. Um, my first question to them is, well, how much do you eat in a day? And if you can't tell me how much you eat, and not just like guessing, mm-hmm. then you're probably not taking the most advantage of the low hanging fruit, the easy stuff to get up up front. Now, if you're an athlete who's in high school, and I do have some, 
that track their diet. They know exactly how much protein they take in a day. They know exactly how many calories they take in. They got everything pretty much figured out. Like, okay, well, hey, maybe you do need to add a little bit more protein. And it's going to be hard to do it with a meal. So mm-hmm. let's look at a protein shake. Right. Um, creatine has its place. It's not the miracle uh, supplement that everyone wants it to be. Right. It Yes, it can help increase your power output on one rep max style. Right. Um, things. They can help you retain a little bit more water too. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, is it going to make you have 10 more tackles? No. Mm-hmm. Is it going to help you last longer in the game? Also no. Right. So I, my first question is always, well, wh- where, where are we at? Mm-hmm. What, what are we already doing? Are we taking the best advantage of the low hanging fruit? And nine times out of 10, the answer is, is always no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not eating enough. I'm, I'm six, seven hours between meals. I'm 12 or 13 hours between meals, um, mm-hmm. and especially for a high school athlete. It's difficult. You have a schedule in school that is not built to your advantage, right? Um, it's exactly. not, it's not there to help you be ready to play. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, then you have to make it work. You know, when your meals are, you know, when breakfast is, you know, when dinner is, you know, when your lunch is, mm-hmm. let's put some snacks in between there. Let's get, right. let's put some stuff in our backpack. We can take to class and eat at the very minimum you get your weekly cafeteria schedule. Mm-hmm. You know what's on the menu. Yeah, you know, you what's, know what's there. So it's like, okay, you have a, you have a, you know, you learn enough and it's a Wednesday and you're looking at your week. So you got your sitting there Sunday, email comes in from the school. Okay, there's the, the lunch cafeteria schedule for the week. Wednesday, it's absolute garbage. <laughs> it's just garbage. You know, it's like, okay, I got a brown bag that day. Yeah. Hey, mom, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to brown bag my lunch that day because and I'm going to take some snacks. Cause, but it, it requires that planning. And, and where this goes back to what we talked about re- regarding missing the boat or not even close is that wouldn't it be great if the coaches had regular sessions with their players? And I know time is tight. Mm-hmm. I get it. Time is really tight. But. It's like, hey, gang, we're going to jump into this classroom before we run out for practice today after school. And we got to talk about nutrition. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about what you're eating. I mean, you don't I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't it's not going to require that much time to go over that with these with these athletes. The key is planning Um, as any type of coach, whether you're a track coach, a football coach or whatever it is. Planning is the key to all the success. If you are winging anything, you're winging your nutrition, you're winging it on something else, you're planning it as you're doing it, uh, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just that simple. So the, the key is put a plan in place. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about nutrition, sit down, type up some stuff to say, and you know how long it takes. Take your 10 or 15 minutes. Consult with somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, and that's like, that's just the key to everything in life. Like mm-hmm. if, uh, if I have a plumbing problem, I don't call my accountant to fix it because mm-hmm. they wouldn't know what to do. I call the expert. And so as a, as a high school football coach or a basketball coach, if I deem it necessary, and it should be, to talk about nutrition, well, maybe I should call somebody and ask. Right, right. Get somebody in to come and talk to them. Yeah, or you at know? least to give you the information. It's not hard. I mean, there's a lot of professionals out there who, and, and we give a lot of our time. You mm-hmm. know, I spend a lot of time talking about training and talking about all kinds of other stuff just to help right? because I want the product that everyone gets to be better. You know, whether you come train with me at my facility or not, 
um, I, I'll, I'll help any high school coach. You know, I'm not going to sit down and write your whole plan for you. You know, I mean, right. I will. You, you have to pay me for it. Right. But right. I'll give you tons of free information. And and um, nutrition experts are the exact same way. You can drop an email to somebody and say, hey, uh, do you think you, you could email back and forth with me about this? Right. You don't even have to talk in person. Right. You know, and, and emailing is great. It takes no time and they can answer it on their schedule. Mm-hmm. So if you can find someone to give you some help and it's free, you should take advantage of it. Just all these things that we've talked about, I, I think about, I, I guess I'm becoming a crotchety old fart, you know, <laughs> here and, you know, I, I see kids and I'm, I'm becoming my parents that <laughs> complaining about yeah. the youth today. But I got to admit, and I'm not ashamed to admit this, the kids today and whether it's you throw in social media, you know, they're under a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. There is. There's a ton of pressure. I couldn't think of a better way to get a kid to bust through that cloud and focus then on their training, then mm-hmm. on their, you know, it, it gives you a focus. It gives you a purpose. I mean, psychologically, emotionally, even to that point, it happens where you got, you know, I know I talked to a few people, you know, even in my business, you know, we, we work in business. It's, it's stressful as mm-hmm. hell. I try to tell them because you know, I talk to all these people and they're, you know, taking this, that, or the other for anxiety, depression, things like that. And there's, it's, no more more relevant than with teenagers Mm -hmm. these days but a lot of them don't have that thing that they're going out and doing yeah every single day and how much that helps them they the there's it's a multifaceted problem um the biggest part of the problem is just a lack of availability and when something is available like hey i want i'm gonna go join the football team kids have a really i don't know in tune BS meter, you know, they may know nothing. They, they have a, they have, they have experienced nothing. They know nothing, mm-hmm. but they can tell really quickly when the person talking to them also knows nothing. Right. And so when a kid does seek out, you know, I'm going to join a team. I want to, I want to train. I want to learn how to lift weights. Uh, if the person teaching them really doesn't know, they know that mm-hmm. and they don't want to be there. You know, I, I, I look at high school strength and conditioning for football teams. Most kids know that what they're doing is a crock and they, they don't know what they should be doing, but they know what they're doing doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you don't provide them with a real opportunity to, to do something, they know that and they don't want to take part. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it's just it's so important to provide a quality product to somebody whether you're selling it or you're, or you're at a district providing it for free. Right. You know, if you teach a whole group of kids the right way to do things and you know the right way to do things, that group is going to continue to grow. And the mm-hmm. people that come and follow you is going to continue to grow. And, and the, you know, I've always fallen under the, the camp of I want to teach kids. I want them to learn. I want them to know um, I don't want to hold all the answers and be the only guy with all the knowledge. I want right. them to know. Right. And when you empower them with that knowledge, then they, then they learn something about how to squat. They learn something about their diet and they're going to share it with another friend. Right. And then it just spreads. Yeah. And that's how you, that's how you build a quality program, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's football or, or just a general health and phys ed program. It's important. Yeah. They come to you then and say, Hey, Aaron, look at what I found on YouTube. You know, I found this five mm-hmm. minute discussion these guys were having about, 
nutri- you know, a new nutrition trend and training and things like that. I'd love to know your thoughts on it, you know, because n- now they're looking yeah. for stuff. They're doing their own investigating. Well, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're, and they're fishing. They, you taught them to fish. They're, and they're invested. Right. They, they're a part of the conversation. They're just not being talked to. Right, right. Um, f- high school football season is almost upon us. It is. It's official. And um, it's fun. It's absolutely fun. Although um, there have been a lot of elite athletes that have come out of Western Pennsylvania, especially in football. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as much as it used to be. No. Uh, but, you know, I mean, for these families that move down to uh, Florida and Texas, I don't blame them especially when you look at the winners here. Yeah. But, you know, what, what are you um, – so so right now you're coaching at Greensburg Central Catholic, and that's actually my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are you seeing with, with their team this year? With, with the podcast, we're going to start, you know, not only doing like a review of different high school teams, but since I've got you here, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Greensburg Central and the uh, season they have coming up. So uh, my good friend Brett Colbert, uh, took over the program this year, and that's how I ended up there. Um, he called and said, hey, I uh, I need a strength person. He realized, I mean, he, he's from the collegiate world, so he understands how it works. Uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, I need a strength guy. We need to fix, we need to, we need to do a lot to this program. And so I was happy to help him. And I walked into a situation I'd never been in. I've not worked with one team like that specifically, and it's been awesome. It's been a great time. We, uh, I, I don't know a ton about the X's and O's of football. I know more than the average Joe, but in comparison to people who know, like Brett mm-hmm. or his dad, Bob, who's been coaching for almost 60 years, my level of knowledge, I, I feel like a grade schooler. Like, I don't know what they're even talking about. Right. Um, so my interpretation is that of, of a well-educated layperson. Um, <laughs> and I, I really like that. Yeah. I want yeah. I want to learn. Right. Uh, I always want to learn. And so I know way more than them about strength conditioning and they know way more about football. Right. Right. And so um, what I see every day is a, is a really good group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, very large senior group, which is nice to have you know, mm-hmm. good building leadership. Kids have been playing for a long time. Right. Um, some juniors who are great contributors and to my surprise, a huge group of sophomores, mm-hmm. a very big group of sophomores who were really, really good. Yeah. Um, they graduated a, a senior quarterback last year, which is d- difficult to overcome. Right. Um, they have a junior quarterback and a freshman quarterback who are going back and forth and learning how to play the game and, you know, playing for a position. And it, I think it's going really well. Right. Uh, I've seen a lot of progress in that regard. They had their first scrimmage the other day. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched the film, and uh, they were against Derry, which is a m- much bigger. Yeah. Wow. Very successful team over the last several years. Right. And there were some great things I saw. There were mm-hmm. some bad things, but it's mm-hmm. a scrimmage. It's why you do that. Right, um, right. I think the pieces are there mm-hmm. to be very successful. Yeah. Um, they play in the most difficult single-A conference. That's just luck of the draw. So right. Where they end up, they have Jeanette, Clareton, Clareton. and Amani. Yeah. Which is a, you know, they're powerhouses. They're powerhouse teams. So I, I think there's definitely ability to be with them and to play up into that top tier. Right. Which is something they, they haven't done in a while. Right, right. Back think, du- back during the Muzzy Colosimo days was when they were competing for Whitby Old Championships. Yeah. And a, yeah. L- a lot's changed in football since then. Yeah. The numbers are very, very different. Right, right. Um, you know, I, you're not, you don't have a single-A school with 90 kids in the football team. 
Right. Um, hell, there's a lot of 6A schools that don't have 90 kids in the football team. Right. So numbers are always going to be a problem. Um, right. Especially at a small single-A school, you're one injury away from uh, having someone learn a brand-new position. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it, it's hard to believe we're, we're coming up on an hour here. And when one of the things that my podcast partner and I find out is that, you know, an hour goes by pretty quick. Absolutely. But I, but I want to um, I want to give you the opportunity. We we opened up the show talking about the Virtus Institute um, and what you do there. Um, why don't you let everybody know like how they can get a hold of you? Uh, you know where you're where you're located, how to get a hold of mm-hmm. you. Um, you know what you offer as far as somebody walking in the door wanting to check things out. Um, you know, go ahead and open mic for you uh, as far as reaching out to maybe people that have never heard of the Virtus Institute, you know, in Greensburg or uh, have heard of it, but want to check it out, have driven by, but you know, we're too timid to walk in, mm-hmm. you know, what would, what would you say to them? Um, we're, we're a hidden gem and I like that. Uh, you got to kind of come find us, you know, we're not on a billboard somewhere, but the easiest way to find us is obviously the web. That's the quickest and easiest way for everybody. Um, you don't even have to leave your couch. Mm-hmm. So uh, our website is Virtus, V-I-R-T-U-S dash institute.com and you can see everything on there um gives a real nice couple page breakdown of what we are and who we are in 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 picture form Uh, and there's some words on there too that kind of explain a little bit more in depth but uh we're an everybody facility um and i understand the the apprehension you know i'm timid i don't know it's a new place they lift weights there Mm -hmm. you know it's scary well it's it's not and um if you just come in the front door, you'll see it's very different than any place you've ever been in before. Just the layout's different. Uh, the community is different. The atmosphere is different. Um, it's not a place where people don't talk to each other, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. You can sit there and chop it up with, I was talking to the strength and conditioning coach from Seton Hill. He was lifting there over the summer when their facility was getting uh, you know, like reconditioned and, and refinished. And I was talking to him and I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a dentist and all of us are sitting there having a conversation. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so from birth to your 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. uh, we got something for everybody there to, you know, to train, to learn, to get a little bit better, uh, get a little healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an easy it's an easy place to, to fall into and get stuck there for a while. Is uh, so you offer everything from like group workouts mm-hmm. to e- to one on one training to yep. coming in and just doing things on your own, getting a program and then following it. Yep. Right. We're we're a 24 hour facility. So mm-hmm. our members can come in at three o'clock in the morning if they're scheduled, if that's when they can get in there and work out. Right. Um, there's one on one training. We have a, a number of people who run their own fitness business out of our facility. OK. We don't employ any trainers. Um, right. So what we do is we're kind of like a co-op. Mm-hmm. We provide a space for people who have similar ideals to training and, and how it should work. Um, and they use our facility. And, right. you know, you can work one-on-one with them. Like uh, you said, we do a bunch of group-based stuff. We have a group fitness uh, schedule, at, you know, as early as 5.15 in the morning, mm-hmm. as late as 7 at night and everything in between. We do group training for, for athletes. We do uh, our Power Kids program, which is for – ages eight to you know 13 to 15 depending mm-hmm. on what they're doing uh we have a power tots group that is ages two and three and four to seven and that's the guided play side right so it's a little bit of everything all under one roof 
Right, right. It's like herding cats. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome because it, what, what you'll see is you go to a lot of other facilities and they have a daycare room. Right. Where the kids do whatever they do in the daycare room while mom and dad work out. Right. Um, but our place, everyone shares the same space. Yeah. So you'll have a group of two and three-year-olds doing some guided play. They're playing with a parachute. They're jumping off of boxes. They're learning how to move. Mm-hmm. And 50 feet away on a deadlift platform is a guy deadlifting 700 pounds. Now they're never going to cross paths in that space, right. but, they, but they're under the same roof. Right. You know, and everyone, uh, you can, it's kind of like just looking at the circle of life of fitness yeah. in one facility. And you, uh, you, your facility does host some like powerlifting meets mm-hmm. and things like that as well. So people can come down there, pay a fee to get in the door and check that out for a while and see, yep. you know, some of these, cause it's not only athletes from Virtus, it's athletes from places all over the area yeah or even some people came from out of state to compete so. yeah we have we host two meets a year we host a charity meet uh, this year's december 14th mm-hmm. uh it's a it's a great charity meet raise a lot of money for a lot of kids around christmas which is awesome mm-hmm. uh we do we'll do a meet in the spring this year instead of the, instead of the summer we do two a year unsanctioned uh it's a really great time one to check out the sport of powerlifting mm-hmm. um it's just one of the many avenues of fitness powerlifting right. is one of them right and we uh you know we have a really good contingent of first time lifters, mm-hmm. you know, they'll come in, they'll see a meet and they'll go, I, I want to do that. I want to try <laughs> to deadlift. I want to see how much I can, I can deadlift. Right. Uh, uh, that happened to my uncle. He watched our first Christmas meet and he goes, I want to, I want to do that. I want to try to, I want to try to deadlift. Right. And, and then suddenly he's there deadlifting That's and he's awesome. on the platform. And he's trying it out. So, I mean, there's, there's a good chance to get in there and see, what we're all about. Right. So people go on, check out the website and actually gang, I'm going to post the website and Aaron's information on our Twitter page, on our Facebook page. Um, you'll see all that there. Uh, please click and check it out. But the best way for them to reach you. So if they go on the website to your name, they can click, send you an email. Yep. Yeah, reach can, out that way. You can contact any of our, our, our trainers that way just go to the team page there's a little bit about each of us and you can go to our facebook page or instagram and you can contact us all through there um anything else that offers is there anything um any other services besides um besides the training is there any kind of like uh massage or mm-hmm. or or chiropractic or anything like that that that's available there. Yeah, we, we have everything under one roof. Okay. Um, so we, we have our strength training. We have our gym that's available to everybody. Um, we also have a chiropractor that works on site, uh, Dr. Danielle Strange. She's a, also a lifter and you know a fitness enthusiast and a really good chiropractor. Mm-hmm. We have uh, some physical therapists that work out of our facility. We have some massage therapists. We also have the supplement shop. So it's kind of like it's everything you could want for fitness mm-hmm. and a probably 10 or 12 things you didn't realize you probably needed. Right. Right. All right. Well, everybody, um, you know, we're going to post all of that information again on our Twitter page on Facebook and also on, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, the podcast will be available tonight. Um, but please, 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 if there's anything that you heard, here on the podcast, uh, you want to talk to Aaron. You want to talk to any of the trainers at the Virtus Institute. Check out the website that'll be posted on our pages, and um, you know, and reach out to them and talk to them and see what's available there. Whether it be for you, whether it be for a family member, whether it be for your children. You know, I mean, how many times we hear, "Oh my 
God, my kids are sitting in front of the TV or on their <laughs> iPad or you know, on their PlayStation or whatever. And, you know, I want them to get out and do some. Well, hey, here's some, you know, here's an organization that can help you out with those kids and teaching them to not only take care of themselves for the future, but you're teaching them to fish and they're looking for their own ways to improve themselves. So, Aaron, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate really, it. Really, really appreciate it. I'd like I'd, I'd like to have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. At some point as uh, as time goes on, but uh, Aaron Panagall from the Virtus Institute in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, check it out and remember everybody on the Basement Sports podcast coming up here in the next week or two. Your fantasy draft for the NFL season is quickly approaching. I'm not into it at all. <laughs> I want to root for my teams, damn it. I don't want to root for a particular player, especially one on the Patriots that I don't want to root for. But Wayne, my podcast counterpart, will be uh, hosting a couple of fantasy football draft podcasts coming up. I'll just be running the board. That's uh, fair. Yeah, I'll just be running the board and, and they can talk about it. But the nice thing is, everybody, we're going to have an opportunity in between those podcasts for you to write in on our Twitter page or on Facebook or send us an email and let us know your questions about your fantasy draft. And then Wayne will be available during the season to also who you want to put in your lineup for each particular week. So Aaron, again, thanks so much. We will talk to you again next time. And thanks everybody for listening to the basement sports podcast. Check you later. Bye.